Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, I hope your Monday is off to a good start. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, glad to have you here for this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, when is the last time that you received a box of chocolates as a gift? And what kind of chocolate do you always have as your favorite there in those assorted boxes? Do you go for one of the flavored cream-filled chocolates? Do you prefer something chewy, you know, caramel or something like that? Or do you like the different kind of nut clusters that are covered in chocolate? I'm sure you remember that famous line from the movie Forrest Gump, right? Mama said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And while it is exciting to get a box of chocolates as a gift, there's when there's a variety you might find yourself like me. You're trying to decipher what those different markings on the chocolates, the swirls, the squiggles, the zigzag patterns on top of each chocolate, what does that mean? How are they trying to tell you what is inside that chocolate? Now, my brother, he's the kind of person who will cut into chocolates, cut them in half, look and see if it's something like he might want to try. And even to this day, in his mid-50s, if he has a box of chocolates... He'll go through a number of them, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, cut them all in half, leaving behind all of those cut chocolates until he finally finds one that looks like that's the kind of filling I think I might enjoy. But I've always just taken the risk. I don't like to cut the chocolates in half. I just gamble. Pop one in my mouth. Sometimes it's a winner. Sometimes it's not. My favorite, it's always just the basic, normal chocolate creams. No other flavors, no fillings, no nuts, no caramel. I'll eat the other ones. That's no problem. But I'd rather just have it straight chocolate. Now, the worst one in the chocolate box, my opinion, it's the ones that are filled with coconut. And I say this because it's awful for me, but I also know people love those. My mom, my wife, most of my kids... They all love coconut. They love Mounds Bars and Almond Joys. Uh, not me. Those are the worst. But sometimes when you receive that box of chocolates, it has an extra piece of paper inside. And that paper, it has all of that information showing you which chocolates are filled with what. Sometimes it has the pictures of the actual chocolates. Other boxes, it might have the different shapes of those places where the chocolates sit in the box. And so the paper, it, it tells you where they're placed and, and the shapes, and that tells you what kind that you're, you're going to pick up and eat. But regardless of how they show you which chocolate is which, you have that key to knowing what's inside all of these chocolates now. And I, I find myself enjoying those boxes of chocolates more than the ones where you're taking a risk. You don't know what you're going to eat. And it saves me, of course, from the horrible mistake of grabbing a coconut-filled chocolate. And then, quite different from the, the quote from Forrest Gump, once you're holding that map, that key to all of those chocolates, you do indeed know what you're going to get. 
After all, it's wonderful, you know, when somebody gives you a box of chocolates. But I think it's better when you have that knowledge of the details of the gift, when you're not guessing about what you might like, what might be waiting for you inside each of those little chocolate candies. Now, in our spiritual lives, especially through the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, we have received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to use for the kingdom, for the building up of the body of Christ. But we don't all receive the same gifts. We receive them according to however God sees the work that he wants done and the things we're capable of. So do you know the gifts that you've been given? And you might know in a general sense, well, yeah, we're supposed to have some sort of gifts from the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know what they are, how will you be able to use them? And that, that's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, understanding the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. And specifically, one word that is associated with some of these special gifts, charism. Helping us understand what a charism is, what the church teaches about it, and what it means for us, our spiritual director for the hour today is Father Marcel Taillon. He's a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. He's the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. And Father Taillon, so nice to have you back here on The Inner Life today. Great to be back and be with everyone, and uh, I'll take the coconut chocolates. That you You'll know. take all of my. You can have all of them. <laughs> They're all yours, Father. <laughs> but it is great. Well, it's a great. It's a great segue into what we're talking about today, and of course, the the charisms or the gifts of the Holy Spirit that that we've all rec- we've all received the the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit if we're confirmed. But how those gifts and and particular charisms, the charisms more like a a grace that God gives us for the sake of the body of Christ, not just for ourselves, but for others. And, uh, and we all have those. So, so I think it's a great topic that was chosen today for us. Well, and, and so let's talk about that, because we have gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have fruits of the Holy Spirit, and a charism is something that doesn't necessarily fall into those categories. Um, can you maybe go into a little more detail on that grace that you're talking about that's given there, that special gift? Is there a crossover into the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we refer to as opposed to using the special word charism? Yeah, the word charism is very uh, its very personal, right? So we, we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, gentleness, kindness, humility, and, and we want to strive to kind of live that life and be open to the, the pouring out that we received at our personal Pentecost. But we all have personal charisms, and that is the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ himself has endowed each one of us with particular charisms, particular gifts that are oftentimes not discovered for some time in life, or the community can sort of, others may notice a charism or call out a charism in us that we didn't even know we had. So all of us have charisms. Um, So this is different than someone's charisma. That's not the same word, right? A charism is, again, a gift given, bestowed by the Holy Spirit on a particular person, um, and we all have many of them, and they manifest themselves in the ways in which we build up the body of Christ, we serve Jesus, and and these things, are they're all different. We, there are so many charisms in the Church. Certainly, people might have heard that word more, I think, with a religious order. So each religious order has a charism. You know, they follow usually the spirituality of a particular saint, and they lead toward kind of a general charism, where they're, they're all kind of sharing a charism of a particular spirituality, but they even them 
everybody in that community would live out their own charisms within the charism of a religious order. So the word charism is, is a, it's a beautiful word because it encompasses a lot of things, a lot of realities, a lot of uh, diversity. You talked about the chocolates, right? Every chocolate looks different, is made differently, and tastes differently. And again, certain certain chocolates are just really effective for certain people, and, and our charisms in the church are effective to help particular other people. Um, not all our charisms help everyone, but we might have a charism, again, to visit the sick or to be a preacher, a teacher, or like a radio show host, or mother and father inside parenting. There's charisms. We see those in our children and children in our parish. We can sort of help each other discover the charisms and, and calling people in a sense, out of themselves uh, to discover their charisms. And I think that's one of the most important roles the Holy Spirit and we can do for each other. And I hopefully that's one of our the fruits of the Holy Spirit of this show today is to realize we have charisms, but also recognizing charisms in other people that we walk with in our faith journey every day. Well, and so, yes, absolutely. I want to get to that. But first of all, you mentioned also that all of us have a charism might be several that we have. Is that just by virtue of being baptized into the church? Automatically, by being baptized, you are going to receive some sort of gift, some sort of grace from the Holy Spirit that allows you to impact your parish, your community, those around you for building up the body of Christ? Without a doubt. So at the moment of our baptism, which is the most important moment of our life, really, we went into, we've entered into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and he's promised an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he resides in us. The Trinity lives in us. We live for the Trinity. Um, and, and this kind of exchange of relationship, of this intimacy we have with God, and when someone's baptized, we're sons and daughters of God, and the Lord will reveal to us um, and call us, actually for the sake of all the body of Christ, to exercise our charism. So yes, every everyone who's baptized um, is in Christ, and everyone in Christ, um, Christ will pour out to them and, and assist them in living out a life to be like Jesus in whatever way, whatever circumstance, whatever vocation, whatever age, whatever even our limitations physically or other limitations may even be the way that our charisms expose and reveal to us and to others. So, so it's a it's such a, a grace-filled reality we live, and we all live that by baptism. And I think confirmation is Niagara Falls, right? We, we okay, good, because that was going to be my follow-up, yes, was, you know, does confirmation add any, anything to that, since that's the sealing of the Holy Spirit, then? The, that For sure, so that... Absolutely, and I, I think it's a good image. Standing on Niagara Falls, we can't stop the water, it's so much... And that's the grace. So we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Again, a personal Pentecost. We, if we look at the church's history, uh, Mary and the apostles after Pentecost were completely changed by the grace of that moment of Pentecost, and the church was forever changed. And all of a sudden, they had preaching and teaching and missionary work and uh, zealous, loving communities praying, and all of that was because of the outpouring of the Spirit. And we have to be open to receive those graces, but at our confirmation, the effectiveness of those graces, sometimes they lie a little dormant after confirmation. Sometimes it's a few years later, someone have like a sort of a, a reversion to discover the charisms, the gifts that the Holy Spirit poured about on them, on us, on confirmation, but not yet discovered or lived out. And I, I think that's one of the, the graces of this show to everyone listening, all of us. We have to like be open 
to the Holy Spirit, teaching us, revealing, and encouraging us to to use the charisms God's given us to for the sake to, to give God glory, but to help our brothers and sisters, especially others in the body of Christ. Uh, one other thing, just so that we have as well-rounded of kind of a, an understanding of charisms before we dive into how we identify, how we discover those in ourselves or in those we know. Uh, looking at the Catechism, in paragraph 2003, it states that charisms are, there's three main things it points out. It says they're oriented toward sanctifying grace, which that sounds very associated to me with the same words that we use for the sacraments, so sanctifying grace. They're intended for the common good of the church, and it says that they are at the service of charity, which builds up the church. Can we look at these three different aspects for a moment here, and maybe you can talk about sanctifying grace, um, that they're oriented towards that. What, what, is, what does the catechism mean when it says that? Well, of course, you know, there's always grace. So when the, when the Lord moves, we receive grace. Sanctifying grace is what? Sanctifying, making holy. So sanctifying grace, sure, certain grace that makes us holy. Um, and that pours out at every sacramental encounter, um, when we're open to prayer. Sanctifying grace, so the sacrament, sacramental economy or the sacraments where Christ encounters us, we always re- re- receive sacramental grace that sanctifies, sanctifying grace. And it's powerful. I love that the Catechism points out the other two things you just read, right, are about going out, about others, about charity, about service, about dying to self, about living for others, willing the good of the other. So charisms turn us out from ourselves and out towards others. And that's that's the beauty of trying to figure out what our charisms are and being open to receiving new ones and deepening understanding of that. So the catechism reminds us that we receive from Christ, and then we go out. So receive, go out, receive, go out. And and sometimes at the same time, going out, we receive Christ. And receiving Christ calls us to go out. And we kind of, we don't want to bend inward in our lives. We want to be sort of really leaning out in Christ and building up the mystical body of Christ. We all have an obligation, I use that word lovingly, a holy, joy-filled obligation to do what the catechism we just read, to be open to sanctifying grace, and then from that to go out and to build up others and, and be radically open to even tiny ways, not just dramatic ways, but, but small ways to, to live out what the Holy Spirit's giving us the grace to do for God. Our spiritual director for the hour today on The Inner Life, Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. And we're talking about the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit to take out, to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church. Do you know what those gifts are that you've received? And how have you been able to identify those charisms that you've received in your life? Maybe you're unsure of what gifts God has given to you, or maybe how God expects you to use these gifts got some questions and you'd like some advice on your spiritual journey, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. One of the things you said, Father Tyone, is that we should be open to receiving new ones, new charisms. And is that, you also talked about, regardless of what our state in life is, where we are in our lives, uh, what our capacity is to do different things, Uh, some of our limitations, that we all still have charisms. So I'm thinking of that baptized infant who then, you know, by the time they're maybe three, four, five years old, you said there's the possibility something might be lying dormant. 
So I'm thinking of somebody in that situation. I'm thinking of somebody who maybe towards the end of their life, they don't have the ability to get out and volunteer or do things like they used to. They might be more homebound. In some of those situations where you find yourself unable to impact people maybe in the same way that you can when you're in adolescence, young adult life, middle-aged, those, those years of your life, you have much more ability to impact people around you. How do those charisms work when you, you really don't have that ability to impact a large community or really have direct contact with people on a regular basis? Well, a great, a great insight, right? So we want to be careful we don't sort of limit the understanding of charism to activity or active charity. Um, sometimes it's uniting our sufferings to Christ on the cross for the body of Christ or people not practicing, and we can do that at home. I've seen people in nursing homes and hospitals who are barely able to communicate, minister to the CNA, to the janitor, to the doctor, where the patient becomes the the charismatic helper, like sort of encouraging the healthcare worker or the Meals on Wheels person or the person being in communion. And the one receiving can actually exercise a charism of grace in those situations. So I think, in fact, when we're physically limited and we have difficulties, those may be the times we actually discover new charisms that the Holy Spirit's giving us. And, and really, the char- what does Christ do? Christ loves. So if someone who has to, it's hard when someone has to be, particularly if someone's been a kind of a, a mother, father, caregiver, spouse, grandparent active all their life, and all of a sudden they have to receive a lot of things, some kind of care, it's very humbling for them. But even that can produce charisms, charisms of gratitude, charisms of, you know, trying to offer up their the things they have to give over and give up. That too is a is a charismatic response where it leads to prayer, holiness, sanctifying grace, and all those things that can happen. So we want to be careful when uh, a lot of charisms naturally would have us imagining someone teaching religious education, going on a mission, or sure. you know, sort of lecturing. And and I, I would just point out, you know, it happened. I thought I knew we were going to talk about this day. And last night I went to this dinner of all adults with disabilities. Our Knights of Columbus had on, and one of the knights said to me, "Can I tell you something, Father?" And it was a great story. He said, "You know," he said, "I can't believe I love being with disabled adults now." He said, "It's my favorite." Um, my favorite activity, my favorite ministry. And he said, when I was in confirmation class 40 years ago, he said, the priest asked us, what are we most uncomfortable with? Um, Like what kind of outreach would make us uncomfortable? He said, I said, being around disabled people. And he said, the priest and the sisters sent me to the home for disabled children for my confirmation Just program. Automatically. And he said, <laughs> he said, he said, I almost wanted to like jump out of my skin and quick confirmation program. But he said, I had the the hardest day the first day. And he said, look at me now. I live. This is what fills me the most is this ministry. I never guessed. The one thing I was afraid of is where I find my most joy in serving Christ. And that was last night. And here he was, 55 years old, maybe. And he had had that experience at maybe 16. And again, now it's grown to that charism's been discovered, identified by others. And again, you know, I, I think it was a great story because here he is recognizing his charism of loving the disabled, um, the mentally disabled. And he had this just a great joy about him, but it wasn't always so. And matter of fact, he even thought the opposite, that he wouldn't be good at it. And it frightened him. 
So this is another, this is what we're talking about, like the outpouring of the Spirit. Sometimes someone says, you know, you'd make a great lector, and right away they're in stage fright, fear. You see people sure. go cold. And then what happens? They they give it a try, and then they fall in love with the Word of God. Changes their spiritual life. And that's not for every time, but I know a lot of people, they get called by others to do ministry, teach religious ed, or go on, do something for others, or, you know, kind of kind of do a service, and it changes their whole life. Um, it's oftentimes can be the idea of someone having a charism can be rejected by ourselves. We can say, oh, no, I I could never do that, or I wouldn't be good at that, or, and, and sure enough, but what happens, the, that's why it's called out from the community of faith. So if someone asks you to do something, if you're listening today, and they say, you know, would you join this prayer group, or this Bible study, or would you, you know, would you like to teach religious ed, or would you would you consider giving out the Eucharist? And say, oh no, I could never for this reason or that reason. But they're really qualified. Um, that's oftentimes how these charisms get discovered. And I, I think your Josh, your question about the lack of activity, people physically, uh, I think there's something powerfully holy, and yeah. uh, inc- I think a lot of charisms later in life or with limitations are are some of the most beautiful charisms I see in people are those that actually can't do for others, but find a way to do things spiritually and offering up. And, and those things are real. You know, that's a real oh, yeah. love. So Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very glad that you, you made that, that differentiation. Yeah, I'm glad you made the differentiation there that charism does not equal activity. And uh, our, again, we're talking with Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, today talking about charism, the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit for building up the body of Christ. And uh, how have you lived that out in your life? How have you been called to share some of those gifts, some of those talents that you might have, things that, like Father was talking about, might have frightened you? something you didn't think you'd be good at, but in spite of the fear, in spite of <laughs> the worries that you might not be able to do it, God has used you in in spite of that. Again, our studio line to join the conversation, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149, our email address, relevantradio.com. And coming up next, we'll talk about how we can identify those charisms in our own lives, maybe those in our own family, those that we know well, and uh, how then we live that out, what God is calling us to do. And we'll talk about that coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, today talking about those special graces, those gifts that we call charisms, given to us by the Holy Spirit just by virtue of our baptism. And what about you? Do you know the special gifts that you've received from the Holy Spirit? How have you been able to identify, identify those charisms in your life? 
And maybe you're unsure of what the gifts are that God has given to you or how God expects you to use those gifts, and you'd like some advice. And that's why Father Tyone is here to take your calls at 888-914-9149, And just a few minutes ago in that last break, you might have heard, but I want to draw this to your attention again. Advent. So we're, oh, just a little less than two weeks away from the start of Advent. Starts uh, Sunday, November 28th. And we have a very, very easy way for you to be able to uh, really embrace Advent more this year. And it's Advent inspirations that have been recorded by our own executive director here, Father Rocky. They're short daily audio reflections that really are going to allow you to delve into the beauty of the Advent season. And they're emailed to you every morning throughout Advent. They'll help you start the day with uh, just a beautiful reflection, something that might inspire you, something that you can think about through the day, and absolutely free. All you have to do is just sign up, and they'll be sent to you in your email. And you can click on the banner on our website, relevantradio.com, or you can click on the little banner that you'll see on the Relevant Radio app. I hope you sign up, and it really is a beautiful way to just stay connected with Advent and not get into Christmas before it's actually Christmas, uh, to really have that time that we prepare to welcome Christ into the world. Uh, Father Tyone, again, is our spiritual director here on the program today as we're talking about charisms. And Father Right before the break, we were talking about those areas where we might be called to do something, we might be frightened, might think that we're not good at something. And, you know, one of the things that I guess comes to my mind is as we start talking about how do we identify those charisms that the Holy Spirit has given to us, the, the areas that God wants us to work in for building up the kingdom, that there are some things where I really wouldn't be good at them. You know, that just absolutely is not my strength. Somebody might think that I, I have that, but I know in all actuality, there, I guess there has to be kind of this honesty with yourself, knowing that, you know, you, you might be good or you might not be good with certain things. So there also is, you talked about the different religious communities, and that they have a charism as a group. Part of that is you're also choosing to enter that religious community. I mean, there's discernment, of course. So there, there, you know, there's kind of that process that you're going to go through and see, is this really where I belong? Is this what God is calling me to do? But um, with that discernment, you are actively choosing to a degree to move forward towards a certain charism. So I know that's a lot there. Maybe we can talk about how do I know if I'm choosing this versus what God is calling me to have as in my charism? That's a great question, and I think that's why the body of Christ, the church, that we're all in this together. So so we don't discern alone, right? Some people have a spiritual director. Uh, they have spiritual friendships, particularly someone else that loves Christ and knows us a little better kind of maybe talking it out with a person like that or say, hey, you know, it comes up in my... If something keeps coming up in prayer, you know, if you're really praying vulnerably to Jesus and he keeps putting something on your heart, I think we have at least a duty and obligation to at least ask ourselves the question, is Jesus calling me to do something around this area or not? And just be open to that. And certainly you're right, Josh, not everyone is supposed to do everything that would be a, a just 
a horrible disaster if we all did the same thing the same way to build up the body of Christ. It wouldn't be as rich a tapestry as we have now and, and things. But I think one of the best ways to find out what our charism is is to invite people, invite other people to ministry and service, like sort of making a suggestion to people. And once we start doing that, you know, have you ever thought about this or you ever thought about that? And and then kind of seeing their response, I think, can help us. So inviting others to exercise charisms is oftentimes, I find, helpful to me uh, to sort of learn how to do that as well. So no one should do it really all alone. And I think, um, you know, discerning religious life is, is arduous, but people sort of, you know, I know people that, you know, they start out wanting to be a, in this super active religious life, less contemplative, and they end up in a contemplative religious order with no public activity. And likewise, people think they're called to monastic life and end up in a teaching order. You know, I've seen seen both things happen. But oftentimes, particularly with religious or a bigger discernment like that, we're going to give our whole self and body to Christ in some kind of way, consecrated way. Um, people tend to have a a drawing to a particular saint or spirituality. We know Albert the Great, Dominicans today, um, but I don't know. I, I think we. I think it's a, it's kind of a journey. It's a process, not a decision. We don't decide. Oh, I'll never do this, or I'll I'd have to do this. I don't think that's discerning a charism. A charism is something that's revealed to us by prayer, affirmed in us by others around us. And and oftentimes, if someone says thank you to us, gee, thank you for doing this, or thank you for thinking of that, or doing that, that's revealing a charism. So if anyone says thank you to you because you did something that was kind of charismatic, something serving, then take the thank you and say, you know, glory be to God in your heart, and give the glory to God. But when you walk away, maybe, gee, you know, maybe I should do that again, or try to find another person to do that with. That seemed to make a difference in the kingdom of God and in someone's life. So I think sometimes where we get appreciation or, you know, people challenge us, they might challenge us that, have you ever thought of this? You know, and, and we're way out of our wheelhouse in our imagination. That's okay. Don't get afraid. But take it to prayer. And I think take it to hopefully have spiritual friendships, other people. That's why I think Roland Radio is sort of a virtual spiritual family, right? So even when you're listening, we're kind of sharing uh, our thoughts together. So Roland Radio does that. But in a personal way, hopefully have people in your life and kind of speak to about what Jesus might be asking you to do or what another, you know, person or a person or another follower, a friend of Jesus has, has suggested you do. And I think those kind of things can be helpful. Conversations, prayer, conversations, prayer. And then maybe inviting someone, if it's, you know, if it's a soup kitchen, you've ever been around homeless people, they make you nervous, you invite someone to go with you and or bring others with you so that we're not alone. I, two or three are gathered in my name, they're in my midst. And that also can sometimes apply to charisms, to gifts and service as well. And I know when you going on a mission alone is not like going on a mission with 15 other people, right. um, going on a pilgrimage with others, you know, team teaching religious ed instead of trying it by yourself, um, going through training to give out the Eucharist with others. Uh, there's, I always find a companion, kind of a spiritual companion, can help us kind of move into the pool, into a place where, again, not in our wheelhouse, not in our imagination, but it might be the Lord's way to kind of help us grow and, and to die to self a little bit too. So it's it's either or, it's it's both and, I'd say, not either right. or when it comes to, to discernment. I think that's an important point you make. Well, it also sounds like uh, there might be some trial and error there as you're going along, as you're 
trying different things. If somebody does invite you to participate in some activity or volunteer in some way at your parish, that it's it's worth at least giving it a try to see if it is something that really does fit. And like you gave the example with the man who, for the past, what, 35, 40 years, has been helping the disabled, something that yeah. absolutely frightened him. He, he, he was ready to quit uh, <laughs> going through prep for yeah. confirmation. Um, just because we're, we're scared or uneasy if there's that trepidation, still giving it a try, we might find something there in our lives, but we also might have a passion for something and find out that's not really where God is calling me. No, exactly. So, And that's okay, right? So that's discernment of charism. So someone might feel really called to a particular religious community or, gee, I'm going to, you know, do this in my parish and feel called to it and then sometimes redirected. You know, a good analogy, I think I was chaplain of an old boys high school, you had the chocolates up at the front, but I think athletics is another great analogy to discovering yeah. charisms of the soul and mind and heart, right? Somebody, somebody gets cut from the basketball team, they run track and then become a track star and go to college with all these scholarships and they, they never thought for a second they'd run track and they, they kind of, you know, God closed a door and opened another door and it was through really not being able to do something actually someone really wanted to do. And that's the athletic world. But but again, that that can fold right over into the athletic world that's a ministry or, you know, whatever. whatever. God, we serve Christ everywhere, and that includes in sports, by the way. Um, if anyone's involved in that or loves that, we, Christ is in there too, and that should be part of our ministry approach. But I, I have always found when people really are set on something, when they, when they kind of almost, quote-unquote, fail at that or don't succeed – that's when they discover something, they back into a talent uh, that they never knew they would even dream of, never mind, think about, or not even, sometimes even, not rejecting, but not even imagining, and that's that's how things happen. So, so why don't you try this? And they go, and, and life has changed, new friendships, new relationships, new understanding of God's providence. So uh, I, think, I think it's important, but we should all be on alert, because God calls us to different charisms at different parts of our life, some are lifelong, but some are, some are temporary. Um, whatever is good for building up the church and the body of Christ, Jesus will give to us. And that changes. The, when circumstances change, our charisms can often be discovered, especially when there's big changes in our lives. I think it can get a little scary for people or a bit anxious-ridden. But when that, when that happens, um, that's the moment where once we get through there, we may actually understand the gifts the Holy Spirit's given us, we didn't even, the strength we didn't even know we could even possess to serve others still and right. find other things. So it's a lifelong thing. And so, yeah, we're, we should always be on guard. But I think inviting others to do things, I found in my life, inviting someone to consider a ministry or a work of charity, even if they say no, it helps me understand myself a, a bit. And trying to be encouraging to others the best I can, but but I find that inviting others is a way to discover how to see them in yourself, and kind of how to lean in one direction or another. And I think so. I challenge if you're listening today to invite people this week intentionally. Have they considered doing something sort of some charitable work or some ministry or something different, something new? And this could be a prayer apostolate. It could be doesn't have to be again physically activity, although those are those are obvious to us. But sometimes maybe um, maybe a new prayer charism, right? You kind of we always had petitionary prayer. Now we're gonna, you know, do more. I don't know some kind different kinds of prayer, like kind of even our prayer lives can sort of 
be quote unquote charismatic in the way in which Christ manifests wanting to share himself with us. And even our kinds of prayer can fit right into this, and that often leads to discovering charisms when our prayer life is sort of, in a happy way, kind of upended. We try new things, and we, you know, it's, oh my gosh, I would never, you know, I'm not a rosary person, or I'm, I'm not an adoration person, or I don't read the Bible, or, you know, and then we start to do that kind of Lectio Divina, and all of a sudden, we may discover things that the Lord's giving us and, and asking us to do for others in His name. And I think, I think all the different, you talked about Advent, you know, a little bit before here, but mm-hmm. Advent's a great time to, to pray differently, to slow down, to receive, get under Niagara Falls of the Holy Spirit, and then go out. And maybe maybe that's how we get ready for Christmas. We receive from Jesus maybe a new charism that can, can lead to something new, something different. Father Tyone, you also mentioned uh, going back to prayer again and again in that discernment process, trying to understand where God is calling us, those charisms that he's given us. Uh any specific prayers that you might recommend for that discernment process? Maybe the Come Holy Spirit prayer or a prayer for wisdom and understanding? Anything that you might recommend? Yeah, certainly. I think you hit the nail on the head. Come Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes really, really asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you, to come into you in your mind, your heart, your thoughts. And I think that can bring a great calm, a great receiving. But certainly the Holy Spirit would sort of be the person in the Trinity we would go to naturally uh, for charisms, for, you know, there's what's called a charismatic movement in the church, right? Some people kind of pray in the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is for all of us. So we all, quote-unquote, are charismatics because we believe and know the personal Holy Spirit. But I, I would do that litany of the Holy Spirit. But I think also, you know, maybe taking those quintessential um readings around the gifts, you know, when when St. Paul says everybody gets a different gift but the same spirit or one body, I kind of maybe asking the Holy Spirit to come down upon you and come into you. And then then a little what we call Lectio Divina, like kind of just praying those kind of very, very well-known scriptures about different gifts but the same spirit. And and really kind of maybe maybe reflecting in prayer. You know, what, what ways have these gifts have I, you know, used or been able to, through grace, have experienced this in my own life? Or maybe I see it in other people's lives, in my family, in my, at work, in my community, in my parish, and sort of maybe even ask the Holy Spirit, show me, Lord, where who has these gifts, these charisms in my community of faith? And people will come forward in your mind, and thank God for that. And I think that's a nice way to start, um, to recognize and asking the Holy Spirit to help you see the other charisms in other people, and to rejoice in those to see God's presence in that, and uh, never to compare ourselves to them, but to thank the Lord, kind of a, a gratitude disposition with regard to everyone else's charisms. Right. And we're not, we're not, we all can't sing well, we all can't lecture well, we all can't uh-huh. teach, we just, we can't all do all that together, but but we just, we help each other, and, and uh, the, the well, strength let, to come where others are weak. Yeah, let's talk about that here in just a moment, Father. Uh, we need to pause for just a moment here in the program, and we are talking with Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, about the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit, those special graces that we call charism. And maybe you'd like to join the program if you have a question for Father, or uh, you you have found those charisms in your own life, and you've been able to live those out. How has that happened for you? 
Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director, Father Martel, Marcel Tyone, and today talking about those special graces, the charisms that we receive from the Holy Spirit, those gifts that we use to build up the body of Christ. What is that gift that you've received from the Holy Spirit? Maybe there's a number of them. Maybe it's just in different seasons of your life where you have received that certain gift, that ability to build up the church, build up the body of Christ. Maybe you're unsure of what gifts God has given to you or how God is calling you to work in the church, work work in the vineyard. And our studio line to talk with Father Marcel Tyone, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Tyone, uh, before the break, you talked about being grateful for when we see those gifts in other people. And it made me think we probably need to be watchful that we don't find ourselves getting jealous when we see other people using gifts that they've received from the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking of somebody who might be working in more of a public way in their parish or their community. And if we see this, it might be easy to have this attitude where we say to ourselves, well, you know, look at all they're doing. Why won't God use me in that same way? And then I think we might miss out on opportunities that God is placing in our path. And I would imagine that this could actually be a really effective tactic of Satan, trying to keep us from being content with what God has given us, where he's calling us to work, and distracting us with jealousy of what someone else has or what someone else is doing in their own life. And you bring up a valid point. So Satan's real, and Satan wants the great accuser, right? So he accuses us of not being loved by God, wants us to believe that lie, wants us to believe we have nothing to participate, nothing to give. And the great the mother of all vice, the mother of all virtue is humility, the mother of all vices is pride. So we can think, if we think for a minute, that we're really uniquely special in the kingdom of God and we're sort of over other people because of any charisms we have, then the devil has us. You know, we need to, that's why we need to have a good relationship with the Lord in confession and, and be humble. And, and I think recognizing in others good things helps us also not be prideful. Um, I think that's also a great a great attitude to have. But yeah, the evil one absolutely is real and he wants us to sort of get down on ourselves and, you know, someone says something or doesn't say something and we get kind of anxious. We think, gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this kind of ministry or this sort of thing. And got to be careful. The accuser is real. He will accuse us of, again, not being loved by God and not having a lot of things to give. And he loves when we're prideful of what we do have. He wants us to, instead of giving glory to God, kind of have the ego, the hungry ego, keep eating uh, red meat for for a dog, you know, and, and that's something in original sin is in each one of us that has to be 
overshadowed and over the dew of the Holy Spirit comes down over that in a personal sense of grace where we, we really stay away from pride and envy, deadly sins, right? They're not called deadly for nothing. They kill the spirit, which is the worst part of us. We never want to die, um, the soul, and we want to make sure we stay away. We ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, keep me out of envy, but also keep me out of pride, kind of in that, that healthy tension of recognizing gifts in others and ourselves, but the nuns told me when I was little that comparison is always a tool of the devil. You either go into pride or you go into envy. So don't compare. Keep your eyes on Jesus and, and ask you know, to be holier. And I think that was good advice I got in religious ed in fifth grade. I never forgot it. Yeah. Comparison is a tool of the devil. No envy, no pride. Stay with Christ. Give God thanks for all we do, anything we do. And and, and let's help those that, that may be feeling a bit down or a bit not useful to others. And those are the people just being with us. Sometimes, again, the the person that lives alone or is physically disabled, um, even sometimes the nonverbal, you know, disab- we go to disabled orphans and they're nonverbal, non-active little children. And they are the most loving experiences of Jesus most of my persons have ever had when we meet them. And people would say, what, what good are they? What are they doing? Again, not able to communicate, not able to walk, most of them. But communicating Jesus to us by their dignity and their their person. And I think, you know, that's, they have a lot of charisms. Disabled orphans are full of charisms, and the charisms are, are not the same kind we ordinarily think of. But but I think that goes to your point before, too, that, that our limitations uh, sometimes can make us holy. And, and other people will see those charisms by comfort and loving others um, in a very simple way. That That's a charism, you know, just... Just being present for Christ in Christ and seeing Him in any kind of poverty we encounter, including in our own, and and to give that to Him and be made holy, and then then the charisms come from that. So it's a good thing, but don't let the devil get you. You know, he wants you to be yeah. full of envy or full of pride, and neither one is from Jesus. So we just want to want to keep that away from us. Well, and as you're talking about, you know, stay away from envy, stay away from pride. It makes me think that you know, one word we've used again and again and again and again through this hour is the word gift, that, you know, it's important that we don't lose sight of the fact that these are indeed gifts. You know, if we get caught up in what we're doing, if we let that ego, like you say, get in the way, uh, that's that's where pride will dig its hooks in. And uh, and that's, that's the dangerous area. Mm-hmm. So I think also just keeping that in mind, this is a gift that's been given me to me, um, you know, kind of that stewardship attitude, I guess, is is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's, it's stewardship. I like that word too, right? So stewardship presumes we've been given something. So we're all stewards. We have our bodies, our lives, and stewardship is great because the very term indicates I've received something, and nothing is mine, all is God. So it shows that we're not the owners of our lives, that we're we're created, not creator. And stewardship also means I recognize I've been entrusted with something by God. So so I like that. I'm glad that word came up at the end of this hour. I think it's a healthy thought. Oh my gosh, yeah, my life's not my own, it's Christ's, and everything I have is from Him, and I've certainly inherited quite a bit from the Lord. So what what can I do to say thank you? How can I serve? And a good stewardship leads to, to a, char- a good charisms and to charity, charity yeah. of faith, hope, and love, really. Well, so now let's say that I'm someone who I see people around me and somebody really, it's very evident 
that they have a charism. It's very visible. It's something that is, you know, you, you can see it in uh, the public activity of the parish. And even though we talked about a charism does not necessarily equal activity, there are people who will have those gifts. If my gift is something far more subtle, is there, if I don't have that group, uh, uh, you know, of, of Christian companionship that is inviting me and challenging me to maybe go in a different area where they might see my gifts or my talents or those things that the Holy Spirit has given me that could build up the kingdom of Christ, how would I then go about saying, okay, how can I identify where God really is giving me those gifts to be able to build up the body of Christ? And as you were talking about even the disabled children, they might not realize, you know, they might not have the language to articulate that it is a true charism. It just seems to be almost second nature that it's what they live out just by virtue of, you know, being joyful or being loving and the way that they are warm and inviting. I mean, those kinds of things, it doesn't seem like they need that discernment in their lives. Is that something that might happen for us? Yeah, most of our charisms are probably not recognized by others nor known to ourselves in some strict sense of that definition. I think, too, we left one thing out. Sometimes, you know, people will ask people to step aside from a ministry or, in other words, the community may discern we're best doing something else, not what we think we're good at. That's mm-hmm. another yep. kind of communal discernment. We didn't really go into that, but we should stay open to the Holy Spirit guiding us to things, away from things. But but I, I think it's really important that we recognize most charisms are not recognized. <laughs> they're not they're not seen by others. Some are, and some are very well known, and they help a lot of people. But I, we, if you're listening to, you have a lot of charisms from the Holy Spirit. Many things, and if you look, if you look at someone with love at a traffic light, and they're having a really bad day. But that's exercising the Holy Spirit. You know, if you have some kind of compassion and pity on someone. You pray for someone who's in need. Those are all, we do it all day long. We all exercise charisms. And it's really just living the discipleship of Christ. So we want to be careful, too. We don't miss that most of the things we're doing are charismatic, even though they might not be so public. So some people have these big roles in communities and families and things, and, and praise be God for that. But most of us, I think, most of our charismatic life is, is done in a hidden way. And remember, Jesus was on earth. Most of his life was hidden. 30 years, just a simple, ordinarily daily, holy family life. And that's that's our calling, too. So we're not going for public. We're going for holiness and fidelity. And we're going to follow the Holy Family's example in Advent. Great time to pause and ask Jesus to make us more like them uh, in ordinary ordinary day of every life and and We'll use our charisms to build up others and build up the body of Christ. Uh, Father Marcel Tyone is our spiritual director. And Father Tyone, we're down to about our last 20 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Heavenly Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit guiding our show today. Everyone who's listening to this, Lord, just give them the grace to know how loved they are, how gifted they are. Give them the grace to give back through any way you call to charity. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Tyone, for being with us for the hour. And as I always say, podcast, it's available at RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. Mass coming up next. And of course, tomorrow, welcome you back to the program. We're going to talk about faith and marriage, especially if you and your spouse might not be on the same page. It'll be a very interesting conversation. We'll see you then.